Hi guys, I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest in Thanos the Voice Panagiris. So yeah, we talk about him growing up in Melbourne, uh, lessons from his father, the uh, Hellenic traditions and the influence growing up, his security training, his martial arts training. Uh, we talk about sports versus real martial arts. Uh, we get into the jiu-jitsu symbolism of the triangle. Um, yeah, we talk about sort of the first protest where um, he was de-escalating the crowd and got arrested for talking about the mark of the beast. We talk about Christianity, the apocalypse revelations, talk about censorship, protests, history, uh, the climate agenda. We, we get into even 9-11. Um, we talk about the division uh, in the truth community, like trials calling everyone shills with no proof or anything. We get into indoctrination, uh, especially of intelligent people. And yeah, we get into sort of changing definition of words and legalese and the, the definitions in the Bible changing and the, the law dictionaries inverting the words and that sort of stuff. And we have a, a few words we talk about. Uh, yeah, we get into sort of the truth in fiction, the ketogenic diet, some solutions for delayed onset of muscular soreness or DOMS. And yeah, he's come up with uh, a solution called the People's Classifieds for bartering and trading uh, goods and services um, Yeah, in this beast system. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy and we'll catch you on the other side. Us. Hi, guys. I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest um, out of Melbourne. It's uh, Thanos of the Voice. Uh, he has his new... He has a new podcast. Well, it's, well, it's been, it's been what, about a year old or so. Um, yeah, so this is we've got Thanos. Um, how are you, brother? Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for having me on, bro. No worries. Is it is it Panayidis or is it? What's, what's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's Thanos Panayidis. Panayidis. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, yeah, I saw you from you know a year and a half ago at that first major protest that that um we had here in Melbourne and. Yeah, just just from there, I've sort of been following you a little bit. Um, not that I'm, you know, following too much because don't want to get stuck in Babylon and all that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just uh, I saw sort of a kindred spirit there with, with what you were saying, and um, yeah, I sort of just wanted to touch on sort of growing up in Melbourne. Um, so I guess we might may have had similar experiences, but uh, sort of growing up in Melbourne uh, with the you know. The Hellenic traditions and you know sort of all that the with the Greek Orthodox and the all the traditions and the superstitions and the um, mythology that we uh, have in our culture and the history and um, yeah just yeah. Like ha- how that impacted you and like um, leading up to sort of up to that point. Um, in terms of what do you mean? Do you mean how? my upbringing has imp- impacted me to what what i've just gotten into recently or uh yeah like well ha- how sort of before the before the initial protests and before this whole like covid and everything um yeah where you were at that point before they I think you were um in terms of doing your security training and and all that sort of stuff i think you were and um yeah yeah and just like what led up to that and then and then we can go from there 
Well, security training basically um, happened because I was doing security for about four and a half, five years. And um, one of the uh, guys I was working with was a security trainer. And I go, that sounds pretty cool. I said, you know, I'm quite good at speaking or whatever else. I believe I could be a good security trainer. And um, one thing led to another. I did my training and got my uh, uh, training and uh, training and assessment uh, certificate for. And um, yeah, I just basically one thing led to another and I did get a job in training, security training. And yeah, that's where I, I ended up. Um, in terms of, you know, my, my upbringing and whatever else, um, part of the reason I have been so vocal in terms of what's going on at the moment, because I am, you know, a very strong Christian and I believe that, you know, we are entering the beast system. And it's actually very concerning that I've had so many I've had a, you know, I have been a laughing stock of some Greek communities because of what I've been doing. They think I'm absolutely nuts and batshit crazy. And I'm like, don't you read? Don't you read your own Bible? Aren't you looking at what Revelation says? This is it, mate. This is, we are entering the beast system. This is it. No man can buy or sell. How can you be so blind to this stuff? And you say you're a Christian, you say you're Orthodox and you go to church and this and that, and you can't see this. What? Because the TV says it? So if the TV, the only way you'll believe something is if it comes out of the TV and the only way you won't believe this is the biggest load of horse shit ever is, is if it actually comes from the TV. Because I tell you now, no journalist is ever going to touch on this and tell you the truth is what's happening at the moment. Not one. You're never going to, you're only going to hear this is if you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Exactly what it says in, in you know, in, in scripture. It says, um, let, the, let he who has the eyes to hear, hear. And let, sorry, let he, he who has the eyes to see, see, and let he who has the ears to hear, hear. And people, unfortunately, don't have the eyes to see and the ears to hear at the moment. And it's it's scary. But that's that's basically what brings me to where I am now um, and my upbringing um, in terms of why, I'm, why I, I do have this mindset is because of, you know, warnings that I was given by my family, by my father, um, especially... Um, in terms of what was to come in the future. Yeah, for sure. And um, and it's also like through the, what we've learned as, what we learnt, learnt as Greeks growing up, well, what I took in was all, all the same sort of lessons that you're talking about. And <clears throat> it seems like it's happening and it's like, it's been, been going on and everyone's just like um, so happy and compliant and, uh yeah it's like people it's like they they're addicted to the material out this materialistic realm and don't want to give up not even one thing you know if no they're not willing to give up their sport even though like the sport's just been if it wasn't for the major sporting leagues around the world this wouldn't have um happened in my opinion there was no way they would have had lockdowns for so long because it's like oh once the sports ball gets cancelled it's like serious it's like oh better 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 listen because it's all serious got to get my um footy back on and i've been down circus man yeah i've been down that bread and circus i you know um but there was a stage for a while that um i i guess you could say took the blue pill because like i saw glimpses of um all this and at the time I couldn't handle it like I wasn't prepared enough mentally um I guess we could say with the armor of God you know um 
but I guess the last 20, the last 20 years since 9-11, because that was like, when I saw that happen, it took me what, a whole year before I could actually talk to people about what I really felt about that incident in public without thinking, oh, you know, just being paranoid as a young 20-year-old. Um, yeah, uh, just thinking, oh, the CIA is listening in on everything and all that sort of stuff. But now they literally are with our phones anyway. So, um, Look, yeah. And- I think I think the whole thing about 9-11 and all the other stuff in terms of people being afraid to speak about things, I think the biggest problem is that you need to have conviction and know what you're talking about and being able to back it up with facts. You know, if you can say, yeah. well, um, do you believe 9-11 was an inside job? They'd be like, that's ridiculous. Why would you say that? I'm saying, and you can say, well, do you think it's more ridiculous that a passenger plane with a with a soft nose cone can fly through one side of a solid concrete building, come out the other end, and still have a nose cone intact? Considering when a when a when a passenger jet hits a flock of birds, the nose cone is completely destroyed, and I can show you evidence of it. Do you think it's ridiculous that the that the that the main support columns were cut on a perfectly 45 degree angle? Do you think it's ridiculous? that a, a 98-storey building, whatever it was, fell completely straight down and didn't fall to the side and didn't destroy any other buildings in the path and it didn't look like a uh, like a you know a controlled demolition? Do you think it's ridiculous that Building 7 was nowhere near any of these other buildings and fell on its own? And when you start throwing all of these things out there, it, uh, that this is what I believe. I believe you, you can look like a conspiracy theorist or you can look like someone who knows what they're talking about with, with subjects that people find sensitive. And people don't want to hear that 9-11 was an inside job. But anyone with half a brain looking at the evidence and looking what that was would think, would, would not, wouldn't, wouldn't think it was anything else but an inside, an inside job. So, yeah, it's, it's all about, I believe it's all about being able to back it up with facts and, and, and having the mental fortitude to go after those people who, who want to label you as something and throw all those facts in their face and go, okay, now you tell me if that doesn't sound like there's something going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like uh, we'll t- talk about labeling. Um, we were chatting earlier about um, Max Egan and um, I was uh, watching your chat with him. Um, but yeah, and like there's people like that within the uh, truth community, and then and yourself and other people, and it's just like everyone gets, uh, I guess, called out by trolls or whatever as being shills, and it's like, but people calling other people shills that um, they weren't at protests, they weren't shot by a rubber bullet, you know. Um, who were these people? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's like, are they? Are they? they, they 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 don't know they're not working for the government. Hmm. They've got a faceless, nameless, anonymous profile, and they're questioning the integrity of someone who's in in front of a camera every day. Everyone knows their name, who they are, where they're from, what suburb they're from, have possibly met them in real life, right? Has been all over the news and everything. Who's questioning whose integrity right now? The guy who nobody knows with a nameless, faceless, uh, anonymous profile or the guy who's who's an open book and you know everything about him just by doing an internet search now? Yeah. And, <laughs> and the fact that, um, you know, you guys are like actually risk something to, to um, yeah. put yourself out there. So it's at least 
well, you've got skin in the game. So, um, yeah, like, and being called, being called these things and it's like, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know how you'd be able to but what does it uh, mean? handle it. Yeah. What is, what, I don't understand what shill means. Like Max Egan, for instance, right? Hmm. All the guy's done for the last 30 years, 40 years of his life is dedicate his life to exposing what this, what, what's actually coming, what we're, what, we're, what we're in for, and creating content that's been shared, repropagated, um, you know, re-edited, remastered, whatever else, and shared across pro- platforms all across the world. Over millions and billions of views probably has woken up millions of people across the world with this content. How is how is that anything but someone who's just there for the truth community? But you got the guy who sits there, completely anonymous profile, too scared to show their face. And I'm going to trust you and what you've got to say when you don't even have the you don't even have it in you to speak out and show your face. You you think you're an influencer? You think that you can do this? No problem. Put your face in front of a camera. Get out there. Let every police officer in Melbourne know who you are or across Queensland or whatever else know who you are. Let your government know who you, that you're opposing them and let weird shit start happening to your life, like weird things like pay, uh, password changes are happening or trying to happen. You know, you're, you're being targeted. And then come talk to me. You know, don't sit there in the shadows and say that you're fighting the good fight, but nobody knows who you are. And for all we know, you could be a government agent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I've had so many people say to me, this guy, don't trust this. I trust what I see. I trust the work that people are doing. I don't, you know, I don't involve myself with what people think of people. I listen to my heart. I listen to my intuition. I go, you know what? Trust what this guy's doing. Unless someone gives me hard, hard evidence and shows me hard evidence, which no one's ever been able to create for anybody, their words mean nothing. Yeah, exactly. And it's just people have feelings and they just uh, speak their feelings if it is, if that's true, that's if these, they are even real and not, and they're not what they're claiming uh, the other side is kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's like uh, with regards to, um, yeah, like people, the great awakening and people waking up to what's going on. Yeah. And like Max Egan and others, you can even like even the Alex Joneses and Joe Rogans and all these other people out there that have uh, have woken people up, even though um, a lot of those people don't still listen to them. But like they they have a role within this um, realm, you know. And so it's like, and it's um, it's not like they're evil or anything, but. Um, and we don't yeah. have to sort of uh, fight against them. It's like, you know, let, let everyone just speak. And this is the issue with our censorship and all the, you know, cultural Marxism that's crept in that like people can't talk anymore. And it's like everyone gets triggered by things. And, um, yeah, of course. And, you know, and it's like with regards to the sort of Christians and the Orthodox, and there's like, why, why do they get triggered so easily? You know, because if you think about, um, if you're supposed to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, then Jesus would could converse with the devil, say, and that's in scripture. And that's like you're supposed to be able to have these hard conversations and not 
be triggered if someone's speaking against your beliefs, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, and I don't see, I just don't see Christians, at least in public, um, acting that way. Uh, you know, and it's like the. In what regard do you mean you don't see Christians acting that way? In, to, in regards to having a conversation or being open to the fact that, you know, there could be more than going on with the government's letting on? To what degree do you mean? Uh, a bit of both, but more like if, like, they, you can criticise anything, but if you criticise Christianity, say, or criticise the Bible, not that that's something I'll do, but I'm just saying, like, observing, if you criticise the the thriskia, the religion, um, then it's like it'll trigger a, a lashing out, say, uh, response. It's interesting. It's interesting you say that. But, you know, on the other hand, you see the words of the pages of, of the Bible coming alive and they're too blind to see it. So don't criticise, yeah. you know, they get all caught up in the fact that they're criticising their belief in terms of, you know, Christianity. But then it's like, hey, you know, the Antichrist is in full swing. The beast system is upon us. And this, what's happening right now is Luciferian controls and you can't see it and you're criticizing, demonizing and villainizing the very people who are warning you that the beast system is in full swing right now. How can you not see it? Hmm. Especially when it's in, within your own scriptures, but maybe it's just fear that I want to go there. But um, yeah, it's whether you like like it or not when when shit happens shit happens you know let's go it's going down and it's like happening in front of you so it's like why keep your head in the sand yeah it's interesting that they're criticizing people are so it's quick to criticize without looking at what this is well it's like a right? book, the bookends of the bible it's like revelations and then and they they're not, they don't believe revelations happening but it's at the start where it's like the creation story they don't believe in that either when they still hold on to the hel the heliocentric beliefs as well, so that, that's just something else that might. Um... Oh, I'm already on board, bro. <laughs> I'm already on board. The waters from the waters were se were mm. separated with the firmament, 100%. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's sort of the first page in your book, and and you're like, oh no, that was just allegory. That's just metaphor. Um, well, it's interesting you say that because if it wasn't a big deal about the heliocentric model, right? Then why would they go and change the word in the Bible to not say firmament anymore, but say expanse? The new version, the Bible, the new version that they created, mm. the new world version they called it, I believe it was. Mm. They said, and the and God created and it's an expanse. Right? Mm. What's an expanse? An expanse is space. A firmament is a solid object. They basically took the dome out. Mm. Why would you care if it doesn't mean anything? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like another, in other Bibles, it actually says dome. And um, yeah, they've used different words and, and they're changing yeah. it as we're going and they're changing you know, the dictionaries. And then, yeah, it's like how, how much people say, oh, yeah, you've got to trust in history. You've got to believe you know, in history. But it's like, History is news of the past. We yeah. can see now it's 
quite apparent now that news of present in the present is not to be trusted. Therefore, yeah. how can you trust the news of the past, which is history? And we, we can only trust what our, our parents and grandparents told us and what they saw and like believing in what, what they told us, like handed down, you know, uh, father to son, just generation to generation. But um, yeah, it's like, you know, Black's Law Dictionary where they, and like with the English language, how it's like double double meanings in all the, uh, in a lot of the words and understanding means stand under and um, signature means mark on a sheep. Yeah, so it's like, so yeah, like <laughs> mark what, on a sheep. Well, while I've got you, yeah, mark <laughs> on a sheep. So it's like, what what are other favorite words you've you've seen in Black's Law or in the dictionaries that um, within with regards to the legalese, like signatures, black sheep, well, well, uh, persona, person, person. Means persona, meaning the mask you wear, meaning the fictitious character you carry around with you. That's what person means in, in Latin. That's why they stopped teaching us Latin in school, mate, because hmm. we would truly see the forest through the trees with Latin. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of that with Greek. Um, not that we've got the ancient Greek, but like uh, with some of the words like logos, we can understand that means more than just a word because of our culture yeah. it's from that language. And so, yeah, and Latin as well, like, um, yeah, with all the commercial uh, language that they've used, the, the admiralty law, but like, yeah, that's a, we could probably go into that for a while, but it's like. Um, of course you could. Yeah, with the uh, legally. So is it, um, just with regards to your uh, security training, um, uh, what martial arts background and fighting style? I was actually going to ask have, you that because yeah. I just I do realize your name <laughs> says impaired grappler mm. and your shirt says Gracie Jiu Jitsu and the triangle is the um the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu triangle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I think someone put a comment in my video once. Oh, why have you got a triangle in your logo? And it's like, you know, it's Illuminati. But I think when I went into no, it's the Gracie Jiu Jitsu yeah. sign, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I went into reply, the comment wasn't there. I don't know. YouTube's funny and all that stuff, but yeah, it's the Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, like isn't the, that this the is a, that's the, yeah, logo? this is that's Hicks and Gracie's particular logo. Yeah, um, yeah but that, yeah, that's a Helio uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu. There's always the triangles because yeah, I'm a massive fan of yeah. um, UFC and uh, training and fighting and all that sort of stuff, man. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, I recognize straight away. Yeah. So, so what um how long have you been doing jiu-jitsu for? Uh I could probably say on off probably 20 years nearly, but um wow. But yeah, like I, I started in the 90s for a couple a couple of years, Japanese jiu-jitsu. Um, but then yeah, started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu probably oh, mid to late 2000s. Cool. So, yeah. So what so what are you a purple? Uh brown belt. Brown, Brown, yeah, yeah, from Pedro Sauer to two years ago, I think, when he came just before October, before the COVID. So, uh, are you yeah, based but, in Victoria? Yeah, I'm in Melbourne. Oh, so, so you so. know, um, oh, forgot what it's called. Um, the great guy, uh, he's got the jiu jitsu. Um, I forgot his name, he's got a quick, pretty big jiu jitsu. Well, there's well, I'm under Philip Grapsis, he's a he's one of the and leverage jiu-jitsu but um there's probably there's a 
Yeah, the other guy. I, 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 I forgot his name. Um, I'll remember it. So uh, I've done. Um, yeah. I've done. I did Aikido for five years, and I did. I, I did tactical barada, which is combat Kali Jumog for seven and a half years. I was just about to grade for my second dan when the pandemic hit. So that was close quarter combat weapons training. Um, also worked with um, sharps, as in you know. Knives, whatever else. Don't like to be too vocal mm. about that one. Mm. Uh, but it was our niece, right? So it was um, most of the style was uh, sticks. There was uh, combat work with, um, you know, knives and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, I think it was three, uh, a quarter was um, wrestling and open hand combat. Then you had stick and weapons. I'll just call it weapons training. And then you had, um, yeah, I'd say all up there's about because my style was a mix of between um, Japanese jiu jitsu and combat Kali Jumog. I mean, combat Kali. Kali is our niece, which is the Filipino style, and Japanese jiu jitsu. So I don't know whether you've heard of Hugh Doty, but uh, Hugh Doty was um, my sixth and um, he was the, the guy who created combat Kali Jumog. And it was just a really interesting style, um, didn't require much stretching. We did a lot of um, – most of the stuff was done off a cold body and, you know, we would go on the floor, absolute last resort. So, yeah, it was – I really – but it's interesting when you do do martial arts, you can see when you're watching other martial arts, when you get to that black belt level, because I actually reached my black belt with my training, you can see the training – of when other people are doing, and you can actually see what they're executing because you, you understand the fundamentals, you know. So mm. it's um yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, well, the the fundamentals is, is everything in martial arts, and that's why the jujitsu got the triangle. Um, yeah, because you need the foundation, the big base, and then you build up wide from base, there. narrow center. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the. Uh, I think um, I think Pedro Sauer was saying, or it might have been Hicks and Gracie was saying, or told him, but um, that the the triangle is better when the, the way that Hickson does it, the the top is open, so there's more coming in, more information still coming in to fill up. Um, yeah. Because it's like there is no end to jujitsu. Of know? course, there's no end to like, martial art. Yeah, and it's almost as if you get to once you get to that Hickson Gracie point. Was actually an inverted triangle on top, like an hour, an hourglass, and it's actually you're actually learning more, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure someone can take that, me doing those symbols the last couple of, the last minute, and, and make a big Illuminati <laughs> video about it, and oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love it, but um, yeah. As long as there's no eye in that in that triangle, mate, we're all good. Yeah. If I if I blinked, or it's like yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so did you ever get into any fights or anything or like? No, nah, to be honest, um, I really didn't really. The, one of the part of the reason I got into martial arts training because um, I didn't seem too com- I wasn't too confident in fighting. Hmm. Um, and one of the things I did was I got into martial arts as a way to increase my confidence in terms of um, how can I say it? You know, situations, heated situations like that, right? Um, so yeah, no, I haven't been in many fights using my style. Um, and probably better so because the stuff I'd learn, it's, 
you're not tapping out. It's, you know, what, what I was taught was, you know, proper martial arts. Yeah. So absolute last resort. But martial. And someone's seriously going to get hurt. You know, there, yeah. there, was, there was no rules. You know, eyes, throat, nose, it didn't matter. Everything was a target. Collarbone, everything you're basically not told to hit. We were taught to we were taught to to hit those places. Mm. Um, so yeah, I haven't been very many fights in terms of using it. I've done a lot of training. Was, you know, it becomes automatic. Yeah, a lot of the time, the more training you do have, the less fights you do get into. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's right. Once when you're comfortable, you don't need to fight. No, and you understand distance, and you can read people's body. You can read people's body. And you know if they're getting ready to punch and the best thing to do is walk away, man. Yeah, you got save yourself to prove a court and, case. Yeah, yeah, save yourself a court case and defuse the situation. You might actually, yeah, that's right. Well, that that's like the first protest, like when you came out, like so you sort of defused the situation, and then you got in trouble for it. And as soon as you start talking about market yeah. the they they come and grab you, and it's like, okay, maybe it is really happening. <laughs> Yeah. I like the way you said that because I did defuse the situation. Mm. They were, everyone was starting to get rowdy, and I I got on the, I got on the stage to calm everyone down. And the police don't arrest me until I start calming everybody down. Gee, that must have really um, pissed them off that I was trying to calm people down. It's almost like they want us to revolt, and they want of us course. to like stand up against them. And then they they've got every excuse to bring in whatever kind of martial law they want. Even though lockdowns is yeah. technically martial law, it's just with you know nice cushioning around it, nice like a pillow to, to make it more more plat, more um yeah it less forceful sounding. Um, yeah, that's right. Rather than the prison problem because, reaction solution, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's and it's a lot of it's about because like I just find that they. Since the pandemic started, they've changed the rules on protesting and we can't just go out and protest willy-nilly unless everyone's out protesting and I'm all for that. But it's like protests can't be the same because because of their tactics and they've shut down protests. Like the protests that were going on worldwide that I was always like keeping on top of, whether it was like... Uh, in Hong Kong or in Europe, in like uh, Cuba, I think, and uh, you know, just all other other places. Um, yeah. Know, and to see the people's power uh, stand up, and then that's been quashed because of COVID, and everyone's too scared. And then they use, if there's a protest they don't like, they use that as an excuse and say there was like 50 people there when there was, you know, 5,000. But yeah, and it's all just like until the people uh, throw the TVs out. Like I think that was a meme that you got you you had uh, going early on where people um, were yeah, well, they were, were smashing the an old yeah smashing an old TV in protest. It actually, mate, it got yeah. sent all over the world. Mm. Everyone was talking about it. it. Was weird, and it was only like twenty or thirty people that ended up doing it. Mm. But it got some serious. Um, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it did get noticed. Yeah, it, it it definitely got noticed. Yeah, well, like, the, but this is the thing that it's like, like, it's one little seed can like produce so much that 
Um, and like you were saying before the podcast, one little drop can, you don't know which drop's going to lead to a waterfall, you know? Um, yeah. And for me, I just think that we are so powerful as the individual that the, it's actually an amazing thing that they have to try so hard to keep us controlled and downtrodden. And whether you want to say people are um, hypnotized or under spellcraft or like psychologically worn down, it all means all the same thing, you know, like, and it's all like biblical as well, like demons and all this stuff. And it's like, well, the demons in psychological terms means, and it, uh, you know, the, the voices in your head and it's like, it means the same thing, you know, it's like in, in reality, in the outcome of in, within the, our realm, you know, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, just like they have to use so much to keep us down. It's just amazing. And we need to find that power that we, that we have. And, you know, um, well, I think, um, I think that, you know, the people that run the world, the real people that run the world have engineered everything for a very long time to create an oppressed society. It's not about prosperity and it's not about, you know, being the best version of yourself, right? These people, everyone says, well, I got a PhD. I'm like, that's great. You got a PhD in a subject that they've created and implemented in a way they want you to execute that knowledge to further their agenda for their cause. Good on you. So that's why you don't see what's happening because you've been indoctrinated in their schools. They kept you in that box. Yeah. And it's like, no wonder you can't see. And some of the people that are the worst culprits of being completely oblivious to this are the educated ones, are the ones who've gone through because they, they have this sense of arrogance, like, I've been to university, I know a lot better than you now. Well, no, you don't. Because you should be able to see what's going on. You, you If someone says to you, well, you know, um, this thing protects you, it's like, okay, cool, I'll take it. But then they say, oh, no, hang on, it doesn't protect you totally. What do you mean it doesn't protect you totally? Well, I can't guarantee you won't catch it. You can't guarantee you won't spread it. Oh, okay. Um but you should always hope that everyone around you has got it as well. Why? Doesn't it protect me? Well, no, you can still get it. It just won't be as bad. I thought you said I was protected. Well, no, you didn't. You're not. It's like they just keep moving the goalposts. And I don't Ooh. know about you, but when I got vaccinated for um, hep A, hep B, I wasn't told that everyone else needs to be vaccinated so I don't catch hep A or hep B. I thought I'm vaccinated now. Right? Isn't that what it was for? And we well, only got one, right? We didn't have to get more than yeah. one. Yeah, that's, well, well, that's why they changed the definition on that word as well. Well, I have to get 16 of them now. Every six well, months, they want one. Well, there's 150 million more on order or something, 200 million or something doses for 25 million populations. So educated like ten, can't see 10 them, boosters. Well, this is the thing. It's like um, the highly educated, the smartest people in the out there are the most hypnotizable. And it's like, you know, so I have two degrees. I studied psychology and that's what we learnt um, throughout schooling and, life, and just throughout life. It's like the smartest people, the highest IQ are not necessarily the wisest. And it's like almost an, a scale that sort of, um, that tips I believe down. 
Yeah, and it's not always the case. There are some mm. really intelligent people who have seen this for what it is and spoken mm. out, and they've been silenced. They've been mm. wiped off all social media. They've been removed off all different um, uh, platforms in terms of YouTube and all these other places, right? And yeah, they've had to go and create their own private platforms and 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 get their information out there from other ways. But there are they are a very select few, and the large majority of the people are basically in this state of cognitive dissonance. They don't want to believe that something's going on. They're mm. they're, they're comfortable in their little bubble, believing that if they just follow the rules, the government's going to give them their life back. Yeah, that's like oh. Um... You start talking about this stuff, and it's like, oh, that sounds scary. And it's like, you know, oh, I'm not going. But then they just go back to watching the Netflix and and all that. Um, and it's almost like you can have, like, you can speak to a, a friend of yours and have them convinced, like, you know, fully on your side. But then, because they don't turn the TV off, within a couple of days, they're like fully gone back, thinking the other way. So it's like it's like. A constant battle that um, we're we're having for you know the minds of people almost. Yeah, that's right. It, it is a constant battle, and mm. it's it's actually quite draining, man. And it it does take the energy out of you. And when you're in a position of mind where you where you've actively put yourself out there, you just feel. Everyone says, you know, I found us. You've done so much, and I don't feel that way. And even though I've done everything I've done, compared to most of the lot, you know, your average people out there, I have done a lot and I have sacrificed a lot and I have created a lot of awareness. But when I start seeing a permanent pandemic laws bill trying to be passed, I'm like, no, I've got to do something about this. I've really got to try and help out with this. Hmm. And I, I wish I could do more. And, you know, having the bail conditions sort of put me back because then I had to choose, okay, do you want to go to jail and be silenced totally? Or do you want to just try and help in other ways as much as you can? And it's hard to see people at these protests getting shot with rubber bullets and stuff going, man, I would love to be at these places not being shot at. I'm saying prior to that, I would love to be at these places and be able to show my support. You know, so um, it's it, it's it's a hard road, man. And you you want to do as much as you can and... It's an interesting, it's an interesting life as well, though, because you got two sides. You got people that greatly support you and absolutely just say what an amazing job you do. And you've got the other side who are completely blind to this. And they are the ones that attack you. Like, how dare you? You're a danger to the public, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not the one injecting people and they're getting hurt. That's not me. I'm not the one shooting people with rubber bullets. That's the police. Tell me who I've hurt in the last 18 months. Right. All I'm doing is sharing information. People aren't stupid, though. They still get to look at both sides of the story and go, well, this guy makes a lot more sense. I'm sorry, but if someone's Mm. saying and following what I've got to say, that's not because I've got more reach. It's not because I'm a better speaker. It's because what I'm saying makes more sense. You've got everything the news says. You've got everything everything that comes out of the media. They control everything the radio says. Right. They control all these different um, you know all the different dissemination of information. Yet they still lose, a, have a shot. They lose, a, lose footing on what information is being shared and what people believe. That's not a result of my actions. That's a result of the holes in your story. Well, yeah, you're the first one that I heard speaking about the 
the fifth generation communications technology um, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the symptom, symptoms of uh, radiation and things. Um, you're the first person I heard talking about that, going down Got that path. off social media. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay. And, yeah, um, I've heard, you know, since then a lot of other people have tried to come out about it. But, yeah, they, they, don't, they really don't like that topic at all. Um, but, no, you, you on YouTube? Uh, for the moment, yeah. Um, Be careful talking about this if it's going on yeah. YouTube because YouTube will wipe this video so quick. Yeah, they might wipe it just because of my T-shirt. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> that's all right. And then but, you can blur out my T-shirt. Yeah, but I'll, I'll blur out the T-shirt. I'll, I'll, I'll do it audio only. No, I'll do stick figures and lots, <laughs> lots of triangles and pyramids and things. Um, but yeah, like, well, like like what you were saying, the I've always. I've been a fan of history and like World War II history and like what happened there and always always wondered how such an intelligent and progressive, the most intelligent and progressive people ever up to that point could vote in the Nazi party. And I never understood that until COVID happened. And it's like, okay, no, you're just seeing it unfold at a faster rate and more drastic. And, uh, yeah, it's like, what if, what if, yeah, what if some, there was another dictator, like the hubris of modern man that we've got our smartphones, smart technology, our internet, we think we know everything, but we're stupid. We're not as smart as them a hundred years ago. They had to read books to know things. It's interesting you say that because, um, Everyone looks at just what happened in World War II, but apparently more, more, more Russians got slaughtered um, at the hands of, um, I think, was it Lenin? Mm. I'm not sure. but Yeah, the, the Bolsheviks more, and, and, and the communists. And Genghis Khan slaughtered, slaughtered 150 million people. How mm. come no one talks about Genghis Khan? 150 million people. Well, what, what was it that Baghdad, the, the rivers were running... Were running red, yeah, I believe red was, and black I with the Genghis color Khan of blood and books. Yeah, I believe Genghis Khan slaughtered 150 million people, something like that, right? Don't quote me, but the the what happened in World War II wasn't the worst of the dictators. But why do mm. they talk about the? Why is that one spoken about so much? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And why is that one the one that's always on, always on Discovery Channel and whatever else, right? And YouTube. So it's an interesting, and it's interesting programmed into us. Interesting documentary I've seen about all that stuff that happened. The other side of the story. Mm. And, um, you know, ruffles a few feathers, but they've lied to us about everything else. Why wouldn't they lie to us about what really went on back then? Because we only know what they told us, mm. right? We don't actually know what the true story is. But, um, yeah, it's that's a big question mark, to be honest, in my yeah. book, ever since I've seen what I've seen and re read what I've read. And there's a there's a, another side to that story, a true history of what really happened back then, and um, yeah, it was very very different to what we think it is. So I'm not saying that's what's happened. I'm not, you know, but if you look at the other side of the story, it's it's quite compelling. It's interesting. Well, that's something I've no I noticed growing up because I knew a, this old German dude that was a um, it was a soldier and he was a POW in the um, caught by the Russians. But yeah, I've always like he always used to 
collect all these books in German, like on the other side, all the banned books and stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, why are they banned books? You know, like we're supposed to hate Hitler for burning books, but then for the last hundred years, they've banned books all on that one side. And then you start to think about, well, let's, even the mainstream narrative, Hitler would have known about the, or like the scientists back there, if everything was true, what they were doing, they would have known about the ketogenic diet and energy system and how to stimulate that. And we wouldn't have had, you know, 50, 60, 70 years of sugar, the sugar industry, which I've profited from. I was within the, uh, within that industry myself, but it's like, um, yeah, where they, they demonize fat, where it's like fat is the thing that's protecting us. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So mo- moving away from the touchy subject of, you know, the big man, yeah. the, the, the yeah. guy back then, like moving mm. away from that for a big moment because you don't know how people can mm. label things, right? But, yeah, yeah the, the whole food pyramid is the biggest con I've ever seen in my life. Putting mm. carbohydrates down the bottom when your body is naturally inclined and is a lot healthier to run on fats and proteins as your primary source of calories. It should be proteins, fats, depending on what your body type is, and then carbohydrates in your macros. Not carbohydrates at the bottom, because what happened was the sugar industry got a hold of the food pyramid and they wanted to sell breakfast cereal. And how unhealthy is breakfast cereal? Think of the amount of sugar and carbohydrates. There's like your daily intake of carbohydrates in one bowl of Nutrigrain. Because you got to look at the serving. It's a 30-gram serve on the packet. You don't have 30 grams. You have like 250 grams, and you're not even adding milk to it. So imagine mm. when you add, you know, 250 mils of milk plus five servings of Nutrigrain, you've had 150, like, grams of carbs just for breakfast. If you try and do a ketogenic diet, that's how much you'll have over three days. Yeah, for it's sure. nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. Mm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like, uh, if you if you cut open our brain, it's all fat in there. Like, um, a healthy brain that dies, like when they cut them up or whatever, they're, it's full of fat, and you know, but like people with Alzheimer's, they've got no fat in there. You know, um, do you know how good I feel when I do a ketogenic diet? The hardest thing about eating low carb and doing a ketogenic diet or a low carb diet, it's not the the feeling of your body. You feel fantastic. You're motivated. You have more energy. Your skin looks better. You're leaner. Like there is no disadvantage apart from the fact that emotionally wise, you can't just go and stick whatever you want in your mouth, and you need to have discipline. Apart from that, there is absolutely no disadvantage to, to doing a ketogenic diet, man. I love it. Like if if I can be, um, you know, disciplined and stick to them, love it. Yeah, it's interesting. You should bring that up. Yeah, well, like you know, these are this is just the way my brain works. It's like, wait a minute, they were doing X research, therefore they would have known about about the ketogenic system. Therefore, like you know, oh, it's, it's like why is that not uh, being given to us kind of thing um yeah it's uh yeah because yeah anyway so it's it's good to hear like your side and that what about do, do you supplements and all that sort of stuff or do you do any other sort of thing 
Uh, oh yeah, man. I've been going to the gym for about 19 years. Um, I'm probably about your age. How old are you? Uh, 40, what, 43. Oh yeah. You're a bit, you're, you're a little bit older. Not much. I'm 39 this year. I turned 40 next year. Oh, you, um, yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing, yeah. Going to the gym for about 19 years, man. Uh, on and off, probably about seven. No, on and off, probably about five, but proper training without missing at least, without training at least one day in a week over that week, as in without not missing a day of training. Um, yeah, probably about 12 years I've been pretty consistent with training. You wouldn't think it right now because, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, lockdowns, any... yeah, yeah, yeah. no gyms. Yeah, it's hard. Was there any modalities that you found that were like in terms of rehab recovery, um, keeping yourself energized? Like, like for example, um, like hot, hot and cold, like ice bars with a hot shower and alternating between the two. For me, I found that that delays, well, delays the delayed onset of muscular soreness, the DOMS that people get. Yeah. Where it's like the two days after the workout, and we, oh, you're really sore. But um, I found with the ice bath and the, the hot cold actually took that dons away. So it was like I was oh, actually two days later. So, well, yeah, so is there any sort of modalities? Um, yeah, because you know that feeling of dons where it's like two oh, days yeah. later. It's like, nah, yeah, of course. But um, Three yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah, and I DOMS just found. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So, all, do you have any thoughts on on that? And um, is that or like, yeah, something like, for example, like that that you found the modality that's like really bang on can, um, yeah. I actually saw something. an interesting. I actually watched an interesting thing on Joe Rogan from a guy called um, Faraz Sahabi, who is um, basically George Saint Pierre's trainer, right? And Joe yeah. Rogan had him on, and Faraz Sahabi did this thing. He said. If you train your body properly, he goes, you shouldn't get sore. And I was watching this going, what? And um, he basically said, look, he goes, it's not about intensity. He goes, more than anything, volume is the most important thing you can have. And he explains, he goes, he goes, you do jujitsu. He goes, you come in and you roll on the mats three days a week, but you train with five opponents, right? By the end of those three days, you're rooted. You can't do any more days. He goes, I do jujitsu. And he goes, oh, what did he say? He goes, you do, you do three opponents. No, you do four opponents. He goes, I do jujitsu. And he goes, I train five days a week, but I do three opponents. He goes, at the end of the week, even though you've trained with more partners than I have, I've trained more hours than you have. I've got more volume than you. And then he goes, what you should do, he goes, if you're training, he goes, consistency and volume is more important than intensity. Intensity is good, but it's not the most important thing. So I actually started training and it was really interesting. He goes, if you do this, you should never get sore. He goes, so if, if the most you could do was ever five, uh, five uh, 10 pull-ups, he goes, the most I would do with you is five. He goes, why? He goes, because I would like you to do five tomorrow and the next day. And the next day. So instead of just doing 10 in one day, and that's all I can do for the week, I do five every day. So I've done 25 by the end of the week. And um, so I started training 85% of my maximum. 
and I did 16 reps instead of eight to 10 reps. So then by the end of the week, I've trained twice the volume of what I used to, but I don't get sore. And um, the results were, were the results were amazing. I enjoyed training more. And um, I was actually getting stronger following this process. And so I never would go heavy. I would go 85% of my max and I'd do 16 reps on everything. So, you know, if you're doing eight to 10, you're pretty much doing double the volume in, your, in the same time of training. It was pretty interesting, but that st actually stopped my doms. I wasn't getting doms at all after that. Pretty much just on my legs a bit, but uh, everything else, nothing. Yeah, and that, I guess like each rep is way easier, so you can do it quicker. But um, you know, sometimes you're still going it's not heavy. about how quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's not maxing out. You know, yeah. you're eighty five percent of your max. Yeah, it's still. You know, I was doing um like hundred pound dumbbells, and you know, I'm doing sets of sixteen instead of doing hundred and twenty pound dumbbells and pushing out eight, and you know, possibly tearing my shoulder or whatever else. Yeah. That yeah. less that twenty pounds less, I'm still able to you know push out you know your, your 16 reps or your 14 reps yeah and that's a that's a good way that's actually um i think that's a really good modality for injury prevention um yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's interesting so your doms so it's like we're that's two modalities that we came up with or that we mentioned for doms um that actually work so yeah that's um it's like with everything it's like you can come at things from different angles and there's like there's no one there's no one way to do it, like which is the way they it's teach. Like us. martial arts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like exactly like it's exactly like martial arts. Yeah, mm. jujitsu. Um, you know, well, all different styles. It's well, it's not just exactly martial. Right. It's not just martial. It's a it's an art, and the art yeah. is you learn the moves, and then the good thing about jujitsu is within the art, it's the only art where you can go hundred percent. So you can actually improve tremendously and like be so awesome on the like if you're so confident on the ground and close quarters uh any fight that ends up close you're you're going to be extremely comfortable yeah um yeah but it's yeah it's interesting uh you know so what's you interesting about different yeah go on you know it's interesting about martial arts my martial arts is shocked tom he said any martial art that ends is ends in dough is primarily sport any mm. martial art mm. that ends in jutsu is the art of killing. Mm. It's like martial, it's it's actual martial art, as in life or death situation, martial art, right? He said anything that ends with do, like Aikido, Taekwondo, you know, they are karate do, they're mm. sport. Mm. Anything that ends in jutsu, like there was Aikido, do, but then judo. it used to be. Yeah, judo, but aikijutsu. Aikido is the sport version of aikijutsu. Aikijutsu was actually lethal. That's why they called it aikijutsu, mm. Brazilian jujutsu, mm. Japanese jujutsu, mm. because it's the art, of, uh, the art of martial, like killing. Well, it's a samurai. Um, you can actually thing. end it. Yeah. yeah, the samurais were using it for when you lose your sword, you could still fight. Um, and the even like the Aikido sort of styles with the swords. Um, but yeah, it's like well, it's um, interesting though, people don't know that about martial art when you look at the jutsu and do. That's how I explain it, guys. Do is sport, jutsu is you have the like you learn how to defend yourself and fight to the death. 
it's like fight to the death. Yeah. Because you know, you get someone in a triangle, you don't let them go, that you can kill them. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You get mm. someone in a rear naked choke, mm. you can kill them. Yeah, and that's happened lots of times. Yeah. Very yeah. easily. That's the, that, that's why it ends in jutsu. So that's it's mm. quite interesting. Yeah. I'm actually like this conversation, not just talking <laughs> about the bloody pandemic for once. I absolutely love martial arts and yeah. um it's good to actually get to talk about it for once, to be honest. Yeah, no worries. Well, like I didn't want to uh go full on into the Babylon, but yeah, it's like uh uh it's happening around. Take it wherever us, you want to take it, bro. Yeah, but it's well like it's like there's um a lot of people that are talking about it's like they've got their system and everything, but there's nothing stopping us building our own systems, our own parallel economies, because like even with the mark of the beasts, let's uh let's say um where you can't buy and sell, you can still barter. You can still grow your own food and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just like parallel economies. And a lot of more, more people are getting into sort of homesteading and gardening and all this sort of stuff. And even if you live in an apartment, you can always put a pot, pot on the windowsill and grow a tomato or grow something, you know. Um, and of course, yeah. That, that's a sort of a good solution. But it's like, have you got any parallel kind of things that it's like non-beast system? Uh, well, I've I've done my best, man. I've created the People's Classifieds, um, which is a um, a classified section, which also has the ability <coughs> for trading and swapping. Okay. So that was one thing I thought that was going to be really important. People have the ability to go to a hub and say, "I need to trade, um, you know, some baby clothes for a um, I don't know." a bike or something because they can't buy anything, right? Mm. But they still want to be able to, you know, do uh, currency-free transactions like trading. Mm. So that's part of the reason I created the People's Classifieds, which was a, you know, a place where people can swap and trade. Um, now, you know, is it, has it have thousands of people on there? Well, no, I don't have millions of dollars to spend mm. on an advertising mm. campaign, but it's there. Mm. right and who knows it, it might grow traction or whatever else but this is what i'm talking about there's other things you can do you can learn to be yeah. self-sustainable in terms of growing your own food um you know there's just so many things that people can do in terms of what we do we need to build community and we need to connect with each other and we actually need to have open community um you know uh dialogue in terms of well, you can confide in me. You can trust me. We can get together and we can work on this, right? And I think the conversation needs to happen at the community level, within our within our communities, uh, you know, within within uh, with our neighbours and our friends and whatever else, and get it off social media and get it out there. Yeah, definitely. It's like, uh, um, yeah, something in reality that's not just 100% online because it's like online is just online is feeding sort of the base system, you know, um, but you're actually having something tangible and real where you can like yeah. actually sell and buy and swap. Yeah. I think that's awesome that you've created that. Um, yeah. It's like, well, we're, we're, it's like, you want to tell the government solutions, not restrictions, but a lot of the solutions uh, we can do ourselves and um we can keep it within the small little communities and private realms. And um, yeah, like 
I'm all about uh, solutions and uh, sort of preserving knowledge and being able to teach and having community teach and uh, people with videography skills can help uh, make videos to help teach kids and what vice versa, you know, and like bartering, bartering yeah. services as well. And uh, yeah, it's like the, the best way to go. I feel um, because we don't know what's gonna what's what's coming down the line, or maybe we do, and it's like, but it's like uh, they've got us stuck anyway. So uh, it's not like we can go anywhere. We go to Greece or Cyprus, we're gonna have to get jabbed anyway. So it's like. Uh, everywhere is pretty much controlled, but um, but yeah, I just um, I don't know. It's like a I don't know. Have you noticed that they've got like a they keep us in positive and negative, um, like a wave in terms of like the news they're bombarding us with, um, like a roller coaster. Carrot on a stick, mate. Yeah, like a yeah, like a roller coaster. That's sort of up and down up and down but just generally trying to get us down to a point um but yeah the carrot and the stick that's a um it's carrot on a stick they 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 fill you full of fear and then they give that they reward you for your obedience yeah that's all they that's why they always let you out and drop lock you back in they've done it twice now they 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 created these rules they said they were never going to do anything they've done to us they lock they let us out and then when they lock us down the next time it's worse and then they create more rules and then they say, then they let us out again and they say, well, they'll never lock us down again. And then they lock us down again. And then before they let mm. us out, it's even worse. Yeah. And it's just, it's just this decline. And it's like, it's never going back to the way it is. And anyone who believes it's going back to the way it is, is a deluded fool. And mm. in a, in a, in an unbelievable state of denial and stuck in this bubble of self-security that, that they don't want to, Accept that this is reality. I've got news for you, mate. You're not getting your life back. Things are never going back to the way they were. You are never going to see our life pre this godforsaken pandemic. You're never going to see your life go back to normal. That's not because they can't. It's because it was always part of the plan. The plan was to take away your freedoms and they've done it. Now watch out for climate change because that's going to take away your property. Yeah, well, the same people that that cause the problems allegedly of the climate change are the ones that have the solution and they want to get rid of carbon but you, there's no steel or aluminium manufacturing without without some greenhouse gases so what's going to happen then we outsource it to another country that's not going to have same procedures or we're we just going to give up steel and aluminium yeah oh yeah well what are we willing to sacrifice are you willing to live your life without your smartphone, without like your house, without screws and, you know, nuts and bolts and like tools that we need, or are we going to go back to living in the, in the bush um, if, if you have your way? Because like zero emissions either means another country is polluting and we're buying off them yeah. or we're going to downgrade our technology because we haven't actually gone past, uh, past that. But, um, yeah, that's a whole other thing. And yeah, the great research. Mate, Nikola, Nikolai Tesla had this technology back in the 1900s where you could wirelessly transfer electricity through the air using the same technology they used in the pyramids of Giza, mm. right? They used yeah. the same technology back then. 
This yeah. has never been about this has never been about zero emissions because mm. they've had technology that creates zero emissions. They've had um, vehicles that are create vehicles that engines that run on water that successfully run on water. And everyone who's ever been on the news talking about them ends up with one news report and then disappears off the face of the earth because there's too much money in petroleum, right? The problem is that the people that run this world have too much. They control all the money and they control all the information and anything that gets in the way of their them controlling the narrative gets wiped out. Imagine they had we had vehicles that run on water. Will we need anyone anyone to be pumping fuel at these at these petrol stations so we can fill up our cars? Imagine they created self-sufficient energy energy cells that extract wind energy and and sunlight. And it's like this this unit you basically put in your house on your house, and it literally has a turbine on it. It's got um it's got you know um, solar panels on it. It's got all of this. So basically, they create your roof into this energy-creating, I don't know, um, mechanism, right? Surely they must have mm. the technology to create this stuff. They yeah. don't want to. They've never wanted to. Yeah, this, well, the whole thing about down. climate change. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they've kept the they've kept the solar solar panels. Um, you know, I saw the CSIRO were doing foldable solar panels that you could put into your pocket like a decade or two ago, and never heard anything about that since then. It's like we still got the same. Uh, it might be designed as a little bit different to look a bit more sleek with your house, but it's still the same yeah. body technology from 30 years ago. There's no, that's right. It just might be, oh, you're just getting rebates from the government maybe. And it's like, yeah, it's um, so that, yeah, they keep, keep all the technology down. Then they blame us. And then they're like, oh, we have to control your with cigarette resets. So, but yeah. It's, yeah, of course they do. Yeah, it's the whole thing, but we've got to bring all that out of chaos and all, all that. But um, yeah, it's like because I've, I've always been into sort of sci- science fiction and um, fantasy, and, and it's like when you when you look at like um, books, it's like fiction. There is more truth in fiction than in in like reality in real books because like all books are biased. But a fiction writer can say the truth in a di- within a different realm. So it's like they can actually say the truth that's happening uh, in reality. And so um, anyway, that's just uh, kind of why I've been awakened to sort of, it's like, wait a minute, I've seen a lot of these um, things happen before, but it's like that was in a, that was in a TV show or a book or some fantasy novel or something. It's like, wait a minute. Predictive programming. Yeah, and it's like we've learned this lesson. Why are we doing this? You know, but um, yeah, I don't know. Any so any any final thoughts? I think that's been about an hour or just over, maybe. Um, any final thoughts? Any uh, messages out there for the viewers? Um, well, I think I'll say, bro, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a fantastic job. The more you do it, you know, the more you know, streamlined you'll get with everything, and. You know, you should just keep at it, right? If your heart's telling you to do something, I think you're doing an amazing job. Uh, I've had had an absolutely amazing conversation, bro. Um, really, really good points. Any any advice to anyone out there? Um, mate, just keep going, man. Just stay strong. Have faith in, in the creator and know that, um, you know, when the time comes, you know, your, your, your sacrifices will be seen. And, yeah, it's, just don't stop, mate. And... Look, don't live in fear and 
just do everything you can within your power, no matter what that is. Whether if you, all you can do is write an email every day, write a hundred emails, man. If all you can do is make a phone call, then call up some, call up some of these premiers and let them know that you're not happy with what's going on. I believe if every single person did something instead of nothing, you'd create a wave that would be unstoppable, right? So that would be my advice. Um, yeah, but I think uh, yeah, just keep going, man, and 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 look. You have to believe that some good will come and these evil bastards can't just keep doing what they're doing to us without some good evil, without some good coming from, you know, this time. And this evil will, you know, once and for all will, you know, will be held accountable. Yeah, that's beautiful, brother. And, yeah, just like you said, the fear, it's like, don't let the fear control your decision making because that's how they get yeah. us. Yeah. If you've thought about it before and decide, decided and uh, then you do it, then you know what to do. But if you haven't planned, then you're acting out in fear. And that's that's military strategy or that's just, just strategy in general. But yeah, uh, you know, I really had a, a great time having a chat. Um, it was a good conversation. Cheers, Salas. Yep. No problem. Thanks, fellas. Legend. Um, and yeah. Cheers, brother. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you all next time. Us. See you, guys. Us. All righty, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. Yeah, be sure to check out Fanless's links in the description below. Be sure to check out my links. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you next time. Us. So I'm happy to talk that. to anybody, bro, to be honest. So, um, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, anywhere between maybe 100 and, yeah, you know, a 1,000 people will see this or more, but who knows. Uh, my, my videos, there's no real, uh, just pretty casual, uh, pretty, um, it's no real format or anything. But, yeah, they're uh, spaced, spaced apart. So I'm not like a just general YouTuber or whatever that, um yeah, because that's that's just a whole trap where you just are waiting on the algorithms to fit, you know, feed you what you um, where what you're going to talk about and where you're going to go. I don't, yeah, following the clicks. Yeah, well, that. you know, every, yeah. dude, every every waterfall starts with one drop, man. So you got to start somewhere. Yeah, start yeah, with eight it. viewers and it becomes twelve, and then before you know it, it could be twenty, then it could be a thousand. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've had like a couple of a couple of videos with lots of views and all that but it doesn't really bother me don't care anymore uh there was a small there was a few weeks there where i was going to try and be a youtuber and join the partner program but then they changed all the rules and then all the censorship started coming in so that's when i was just i'm out yeah bugger that don't need ads don't need yeah i don't go anywhere near youtube yeah well i'm still on because i'm still small so but um Firstly, I'd like to pay respects to the original custodians of the land, man. Give it up. Thank you for welcoming us into your land with open arms. So, guys, I think I need to tell you a little bit of the backstory about why I believe we're standing here today. 
I remember when all of this first started, I was at work and I was watching all of this unfold and I did a peaceful protest online where we were just smashing TVs. And that made me lose my job. I was asked to uh, be suspended pending an investigation and they basically said that uh, we can make all this go away, you just need to stop doing what you're doing. Stop the Facebook pages, stop everything and you can keep your job. And I'll tell you the words that I said and they echo, th echo through my mind every day while I stand in front of all of you. I have to walk by faith and not by sight on this one. And I walked out of work and my boss, Michael, he said to me, mate, if what you're saying is true, you could go down in the history books. And I had no idea what he meant when he said that that day, but I'm starting to feel it now. Now apparently Dan Andrews believes that he's a representative of the people. Well, according to politics, Dan, for every one individual that is standing here that represents 10 people at home that are saying exactly what these people are feeling and they support it. So really, if there's a half a million people here today, there's five million people! when they passed the 2008 Public Health and Wellbeing Act with all of those egregious measures. I'm telling you right now, the Victorian people will never sleep like this again. And I'd like to thank you, Dan and your crew, because you've awoken everybody in this state that from now on, whenever you try even pass one little bit of legislation, we're gonna be watching you like a hawk! Guess what? That dream was realised today! And we also have a moral obligation from now on for our children and our children's children not to be so complacent with our government. We also have a moral obligation from now on to be diligent in who we put in power and we also have a moral obligation that the moment they step out of line, we hit them in the streets with a million people.
you stood by while they destroyed each and every single one of our businesses that we've had for three generations who said nothing. It's all the people that stood by and allowed peaceful protesters to be shot on more than one occasion, unarmed and at a distance, and said nothing. So this is my message to each and every single one of you politicians out there. It's time you go and look up what a, mess, a representative of the people means. It means you represent the people, not the not your interest of who's got the largest bank account, or who, who can line your pockets with the most money, or who can allow you to pass your bit of rubbish legislation where you scratch my back and I scratch yours. If you're not for the people, get out of the office! each and every single one of you, mate. And guess what? The people have, smoke, have spoken. And I'm going to finish with this. You remember in Braveheart when Mel Gibson stood there in front of that raging army? What the fuck did she say that day? They can take our lives! Thank you.